Hey gamers, this is Joe from What I'm Playing Now, and I have episode 146 of the podcast that was originally recorded on January 22nd of 2017. Some of the games I played this past week, and there were only a couple, played some Seven Wonders, and then we also got in a little Castles of Burgundy. I had talked about these in some previous podcasts, so I don't go into too much of an explanation of or, or a rules overview like I normally do, but I actually did want to touch base on the game since I was able to revisit them a couple of years after playing them the first time, and they are both really great games. I also talked about a few of the games that I want to play. Enjoy the episode. Hey gamers, welcome to the games. This is Joe Luzzi from What I'm Playing Now, and welcome to another episode of the What I'm Playing Now podcast. We are on episode 146. As always, you can send me some emails and let me know what you're playing now. You can send those emails to what I'm playing now at gmail.com. You can also join us in some conversations over on Board Game Geek. We do have a guild over there. We are to guild number 2440. On Twitter, you can see what I'm playing normally as I try to tweet out or post to Facebook when I'm playing. My Twitter handle is at what I'm playing now. Don't forget to drop the G. And on Facebook, just do a search for what I'm playing now and you will find us there. We have Google Plus. We are googleplus.google.com slash the plus sign. What I'm Playing Now podcast, and then as always, our Twitch channel is twitch.tv slash what I'm playing now. So this past week when I went down to my local game store, met up with my group for our Thursday night board gaming, and that was pretty much the only good night of gaming I got in this past week. So this is probably going to be a little bit shorter of a podcast than normal because I only have a few games to talk about, and the games that I am going to talk about are games that I have talked about previously. So one of the first games that I that we played when we got down there, we had a nice good six or seven player game, I think it was, of Seven Wonders. I had originally talked about Seven Wonders back on Whip and Cast 70, so if you go back to episode 70, you'll hear my initial thoughts of that one. Seven Wonders is one of the classic uh, drafting games, I would say, that if you have a group of people and are looking for a great game that is pretty easy for people to pick up on, um, this being the second time that I had played, and it's, I don't believe I had played it probably since that last time I had played it, probably a good year, year and a half ago. Uh, you know, I did have to have a couple of the guys just re-explain a couple of things to me. My wife and I do spend quite a bit of time playing Seven Wonders Duel, so I was pretty much used to a lot of the iconography for that one, and there is a little bit of carryover in some of the different icons between the two games with Seven Wonders. What you're trying to do is you're trying to build up your civilization, you're trying to build up your resources, you're also able to utilize the resources on either side of you, and you're trying to just basically get the most victory points at the end of the game, and there are multiple ways to score in multiple types of categories of scoring. So I will say I do need to find out. My buddy Eric had a very interesting app that he was utilizing for keeping the scoring. It was one that several of us hadn't even seen or heard of before because the way he was the way we were giving him all of our information it was really cool the way it was kind of keeping track and doing all the scoring for him so i really need to see which actual app app he was using on his phone because it seemed like one that i really need to download and could probably use as well for seven wonders duel because i believe some of the scoring kind of carry over carries over between the two games but seven wonders was a great game that we had I think I ended up on this one in the middle of the pack. This is one, 
This is a game that I haven't added to my collection. I've really thought about adding it. I mean, here at the house, it's normally just me and my wife. That's one of the reasons why we play Seven Wonders Duel so much. I've talked to a couple of people who were actually playing the game at our table this past week, and several of them had said that they actually do play two-player, and that they actually find out that the game does play okay with two-player. I've only played the game normally with six or seven people the few times that I have played it, so I've played it more in a group setting, which it definitely has that type of feel for it and with all of the different things that you can do in regards to like i stated earlier using some of your opponent's resources to the left or right of you with the attacking and the way the armies work it it really seems like the game kind of does just want more people to it but i'd really actually like to try the game with just two people to see how it actually plays and see what some of the bigger differences are between that and duel i know duel has the boards the different boards laid out between the different ages and you know for you so you're pretty much drafting from there you're not drafting from a hand of cards that is being passed around the table so Seven Wonders, if you have never played this game, I believe this game came out around seven years ago. I think it was out, out in 2010. So I think this this past week, it was funny. Eric and I were sitting there chatting before we actually got down to Board Game Night, and we were saying that we kind of wanted to start playing a few older games, a couple of games that we had never played before. And, well, I had played Seven Wonders before, once before, and he plays it quite a bit. Um, you know, we, we were just like, you know, there's a couple of older games that we have never gotten to the table before that we really wanted to play and then the second game we played was a game from 2011 this game is still in um i believe it's up to number 10 on board game geek that's castles of burgundy i think i talked about this one back on episode 53 so if you would like to hear some of my initial thoughts on this game so that would have been a good two years ago that i actually talked about castles of burgundy and i'm really surprised that after discussing this game back then it's a game that i had not added to my collection after playing it because after playing it this time I don't know if my tastes are changing over the years or what, but after playing it, I really want this game to be in my collection. I think my wife and I would have a really good time playing this as a two-player game. We got in a four-player game of Castles of Burgundy. I had forgotten that I had actually played this a couple of years ago. As we were playing it, I sat there and I was thinking, I go, this game seems familiar. I go, I think I might have played this once before. Um, I actually went back and listened to my old uh, episode about this one. And it seems like I gave a pretty decent rules explanation of the way of the way the game is played. I don't think I really missed too much from the rules, and I don't really know if I would change too much of what I said back then. But it seemed that when we had played it back then, a couple of years ago, a couple of us were new, and a couple of the people had only played it once, so we were, it seemed we were referring to the rules quite a bit. This time when we were playing the game, we actually had our friend Brian here, who is a very good gamer, and he actually taught it to us. And I think... Well, Brian had played it before. I guess I played it once, but then we had two people who hadn't played it before. So, but Brian gave a really great rundown of the game. I was, I felt, I think I just felt much more comfortable playing the game this time. I for for a dice game, I think the dice add some great randomness to the game, and I really think that just the game overall, I could kind of see why this is this is in the top ten at Board Game Geek and why so many people like it. The way I started off my game, I started off doing kind of like a little bit of a going the ship route, I guess you could say. After around about the second turn or so, I I was able to obtain a couple of ships and get my marker out on the on the ship row, and so I was able to obtain the first player marker and. 
nobody else was pretty much able to take that back from me until pretty much the last couple of turns of the game. So I kind of held on to that first player token pretty much the whole game, and nobody was able to kind of keep up with me. I finished um, a couple of the ship rows first, as well as a couple of the other. I think I finished mines first as well. And I was trying to just go with a, a little bit different strategy where I was trying to pay attention to what everybody else was going. And at the beginning of the game, I tried to take other tokens that they weren't taking. And then towards the end of the game is when I started concentrating on some of the larger areas, like the five spot areas where that were green. And I think the one thing that probably hurt me the most in the game was probably not concentrating on the yellow tokens as much and getting some of the tokens that could give me some of that end game scoring that I just wasn't really familiar enough with. And I think after playing this game a couple of times, you could probably start to come up with some really good strategies. The biggest thing I think that I noticed in the game as opposed to the last time I played it two years ago is probably all of the different combinations you can come up with and what you're trying to do with some of the different abilities that you can actually take during the game. So if you're able to chain a couple of different actions by maybe playing one of the green castles, which will let you kind of like take it, you know, do, do that action again. And just being able to chain some of the different housing actions that are actually in the game, along with some of the other actions that you're able to take. To me, I think that's where this game would shine and trying to figure out some of those combinations and being able to get those to work in your middle in the middle part of the game for you and towards the end part of the game i think that's where you will start excelling with your score and all of us pretty much had really high scores for the game i will say it was it was one that was i was really impressed with i think i came in second brian i think beat me by about 8 points towards the end of the game there and like I said, mainly that came down to him having some of those yellow squares and tokens that gave some end game scoring that I did not have. And I was kind of bummed about that one. But Castles of Burgundy definitely jumped up to the top of my want list. And this is a game that I'll definitely be adding to my collection. It's a definite classic. If you have not played this one yet, it's a Stefan Feld game. One of his probably better games that he has out there. And I've played several of his games over the past couple of years as well. And I will say this is, this is probably one of my more favorite games by him. And I can see why, like I said before, it is number 10 on Board Game Geek. Other than that, those are the only two games I got to play this week. So like I said, I'm probably just going to keep this podcast a little shorter this week rather than talk about a couple other things. Um, I was looking at a couple other games that I'm kind of interested in playing. I was watching Rado's run-through of Delve earlier. This is a game that's currently on Kickstarter. This looks to be kind of like a dungeon crawl tile placement game along the lines of, I think, almost like a Carcassonne or something. So you're actually placing different tiles to a dungeon onto the board you're trying to build out that dungeon you're then trying to place some of your i guess you could say worker tokens onto different areas of the board to have control of those you will then have to roll some dice to do some possible attacks or to possibly see what type of treasures you're going to be able to get it looks like and everything i wasn't able to finish watching his whole run through of this one so i kind of want to give that a second view and you know, see what his extended view of this one has to has looks like. But so far, this delve looks actually kind of interesting, and I'm going to be keeping my eye on this one. Then there's also another game from 
Rio Grande Games, and this is Jump Drive. This game is based off of Race for the Galaxy. Now, I've actually never played Race for the Galaxy. I've played Roll for the Galaxy quite a bit, and that is a very great dice game. But Jump Drive appears to be a really, a, like a little bit faster of a paced card game that is supposed to introduce players to Race for the, the Race for the Galaxy universe. And what you're trying to do is, it seems like you're trying to build the most prosperous galactic civilization that you can so i've heard some really good things about race for the galaxy i really like roll for the galaxy so this jump drive if this is maybe introducing people to the game and it's a little bit easier of a way to get into the game i'm really kind of interested interested in this one and kind of can't wait to see this one and going to be looking for some more videos on this one and reading a little bit more about it but that's it those are the couple of the games that i played for this week and there's a couple of games that i wanted to play as well I'm also hopefully going to be getting my hands on Resident Evil 7 on my PlayStation 4 this week. Really looking forward to playing this one. I really haven't spent too much time in the Resident Evil universe the past several years. I had purchased the first two games way back during the PlayStation 1 era days. After that, I kind of just fell off the Resident Evil bandwagon. And the last couple of games to me seemed more to be like they were shooters than actual horror games. And I was very hesitant about pre-ordering Resident Evil 7, but this game really looks like they're going back to the roots of the horror game and the horror genre. So considering I'm getting into a lot of the Arkham Horror games, I think Resident Evil is going to fit into that whole horror theme that I kind of have going on game-wise right now. And I'm really looking forward to Resident Evil 7 as well. But other than that, thanks for joining me this week, everybody. You know what to do. Send me some emails. Let me know what you're playing now. You can send those emails to what I'm playing now at gmail.com. You can also join us in some conversations over on Board Game Geek. We are guild number 2440 over there on Twitter at what I'm playing now. Don't forget to drop the G, like I always say, on Facebook. Just do a search for what I'm playing now. Our Google Plus page is plus.google.com. So that's the plus sign. What I'm playing now podcast. Then, as always, our Twitch channel is twitch.tv slash what I'm playing now. All right, everybody. Thank you for joining me. Like I said, this is probably going to be a little bit short of a podcast that I normally do, but I will be back next week with some other games that I'm currently in the process of learning. So hopefully I'll be able to talk about those and we'll go back to a normal length podcast as well as all the games that I'm playing down at my game store this next week coming up. Hopefully looking forward to some great gaming as well. But until then, everybody, you know what to do. Go play some games and then let me know what you're playing now. Thanks for joining me this week, everybody. Have a great one. We'll talk to you later. Bye-bye.